Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we get to have interesting, fascinating, and fun conversations with real people living mindful practices on the good days and on the interesting days. And I am so excited to share with you a, a friend, an audience member that we connected um, several months back um, at the School Counselors Association. I have a massive heart for these people that are on the front lines doing real life, real school at all levels of education. So I am so happy to introduce you to Lisa Konecki. She is an adjunct professor at Lakeland University. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Holly. Greetings from Wisconsin. Hello. Go Badgers. <laughs> Go Badgers. Yes, exactly. And the Bucks had a good run there too in the NBA. So, yep, exactly. You know, it's so fun to think about how mindfulness can transform all of the places in the world. And you've listened to a lot of the shows. You've probably done more homework on the show than any guest I've ever had on the show. It was fun. <laughs> And, um, you know, we start the show with that question, you know, what does mindfulness mean to you? Thanks for asking. So I think mindfulness to me is it's taking a pause. Literally, you can press the button on digital devices, whatever it is, smart speakers. <laughs> you can, yes. And you call it monkey brain. I call it squirrel. And so it just, for me, it's everywhere all the time. And so meeting you uh, July 12th, yep, um, out in LA, it was an opportunity for me to slow down. And um, I am go, go, go. In fact, the kids are like, Miss Kenneke, have you ever tried decaf? And so, so to take a deep breath, and, uh, you know, listening to your shows, I am practicing yoga and emphasis on practice and really taking a look at, at the exhale and how cool the exhale can be. And um, I just, I'm excited to learn about my chakras. And so it is for me, I can be mindful mowing the lawn and it's just, it's stopping, taking a look around, loving nature and putting gratitude out there you know, a lot of things. Yeah, when we were exploring this concept, we were talking about that, that confluence and mindfulness of both being present in the moment and reflective. So share a little bit about how that shows up for you in your mindfulness practice. I am so glad that you asked and used that word reflective because uh, I, I, I've used with, so I'm a professor now and I was a 
camp director for 20 years, kumbaya. I was a school counselor, middle and high school for 12 years, and now being a professor, the reflection is being able to take all of those lessons that we've learned at a young age and now pass them on. And I love the analogy of are we looking through uh, the windshield or are we looking through the rear view mirror? And so I like looking through the windshield and also seeing my reflection in the, in the windshield. And I think when I turned 50, I became very reflective of, okay, so um, here's, here's all the things that I've gained. What can now I give back? Not that I wasn't giving before, but it's so wonderful to have an opportunity with a grad student who is into mindfulness. And I actually asked her if she wanted to do this interview instead of me. And she was like, no, no, Elise, you do it. And so she showed me how mindfulness can work with a small group in an elementary school by eating a raisin mindfully. Best raisin I've ever had. So it's, it's wonderful to be able to to share now the knowledge. So I received my master's 10 years ago and mindfulness was there. We just called it breathing for <laughs> students. Um, and so I love the rebranding of it and just learning that, oh, we as school counselors have been doing this for a long time because it literally resets wherever you are and going through the buzzwords of whether it was bullying and then it was anxiety. And in Wisconsin, we have something called PBIS, Positive Behavior Intervention Supports. And now mindfulness and bringing yoga into the schools and breathing into the schools and with staff. And, and it's just amazing how you can see it all just cycle back through. I love it. So as we've gotten to know each other over this last year, I, I often say you're at the confluence of where a lot of our world is really looking for healing. I mean, even as you tell the story of your career path and being on the front line of schools, I mean, this is an area that's really looking at healing right now. I can already hear the Facebook people come showing up going, we should be spending our education dollars on reading, writing, and arithmetic. Breathing? Why, why are we investing in breathing? So you are in a really gifted place of both leadership and advocacy in the schools and in all of the areas of your life. Would you share a little bit about how you are on the front lines helping people understand the power of being present and reflective? Absolutely. Uh, I am the past president of the Wisconsin School Counselor Association. I've served on the board of directors of the American School Counselor Association. And one of my main goals in that advocacy was to have more elementary school counselors, because I think it starts at the beginning. So yes to that person on Facebook saying we need more reading, we need more writing, 100%. I can quote the statistics on how prisons are formed on third grade reading levels and how as a school counselor, if a student fails algebra in ninth grade, what is their uh, future going to look like? So again, I'll back up the train just a little bit to be able to say that if students don't feel safe coming to school, they don't learn. If they don't learn, they don't achieve, and if they don't achieve, then it becomes sometimes um, a, a burden on the community. 
And so that's why I went from being a school counselor, I'm sorry, from being a camp director to a school counselor, because I wanted to make sure that students weren't alone. I grew up on a farm and I was the minority. Now, granted, I had 11 kids in my school, uh, so it was very, very small. However, where I grew up, um, talk about feeling safe. Uh, my sister had to tell me that I was gay because it wasn't an option where I grew up. And so I want to be able to be that role model is kind of a big thing for me. Um, but to be able to show, you know, that little Lisa who grew up in Loganville, Wisconsin, that it's okay, you know, follow your dreams, be yourself. And with, with the mindfulness, again, it is the so many times if you are a new person going into whether it's a yoga class or moving to a new community right you go into the grocery store and you don't know what how, how it works you know what what's the flow of traffic on on you know where i'm going and so again school counselors are those people out there who are that first smiling face for you and and i love the trajectory again that it's taken me to be able to say all right I am going to take a deep breath. Notice I'm sitting up with my posture. And what are the lessons that I've learned that I can now pass on to the new generation of grad students who are going to be the school counselors, be it mindfulness, be it whatever, because there are so many different issues that we're dealing with. Again, whether it is a student who is identifying as transgender or questioning where they are, or a student for whom English is not their first language, to me, we should be, all of us should be that smiling face that just says hello. Um, I'm teaching my students, you know, how to fingerspell their name in American Sign Language in case they come upon a student or a, a client, you know, who is in the deaf and hard of hearing community as well. I could talk a lot. I'll stop. No, no, no. It's not even in case they encounter somebody with sign language is one, one experience, but it will happen. When? In, mm -hmm. it's, it's, not, it's not an if or, if or a when. And, if you don't know the sign language, do you have the mindfulness or the presence to pause for a second and say, how can I communicate this person? Okay, it's as easy oftentimes as grabbing a pad of paper and smiling. And I th that's what breaks my heart about the world today is I think we're losing that just human to human kindness. And yes, we're gonna make mistakes, you know, but how can we understand that they're trying to do the best we can? I, I've been listening to you and I'm thinking about, you know, new rules for life engagement and who's creating them because we do hate rules and need rules but you're in the front lines of these conversations to say what works and what doesn't and it's not lost on me that I live five miles from Columbine High School and I live less than 10 miles from where that stem shooting happened um, just a month ago so our world is being invited to the question in a world that says we have to have the answers. Well, maybe we need to create them together. Mm -hmm. and, and listen to other people and, and find things out. And I may not agree with some of the ideologies or 
politics, dare I say, that are out there. And, and I love that term engagement. And I think that that is, it's so, it's so true. In fact, uh, one of the things that I had done, um, and this, this story is fantastic if I have time to tell it, I had um, three eighth grade boys when I was a middle school counselor and in, in a kind of conservative community, suburb, suburb of Madison. And, you know, they would get in trouble and they would do kind of, you know, naughty things. And finally I talked to them, I'm like, what's up? And they're like, we're bored. I'm like, okay, thanks for being honest. What are you thinking about? You know, well, why do I have to do this math class or this English class? I wanna be a mechanic. And it was a great re reframing for me, mindfulness for me to be able to say, okay, public education doesn't fit every single student. You know, again, I grew up on a farm and a small community. And so I said, all right, so we don't have a shop, like a, an auto shop. I said, do you want some hands-on things? They're like, that would be great. And so one of the things that I created with help of my staff and my administration was something called Engagement Day. And it was a phenomenal opportunity as a school counselor, there are three things that we are trained in, academics, social, emotional, and career development. And so in that career, career domain, to have these three eighth grade boys re-engage with school, we started Engagement Day. And, and it was an opportunity for, I called up the local um, auto shop and he was fantastic. He said, yep, let me bring some cars in. So we had that going on for people who were interested in that. I had athletes from UW-Madison come in and one of the most popular day or popular activities was coloring. And so just how you have the mandala in your A to Z for mindfulness leadership, sorry if I'm getting that title incorrectly, we literally had to expand to three classrooms because students just wanted a break. And their engagement was literally just coloring. Now, I, I did throw in some career things in there so that they could, you know, color some of their choices. But I just, I love that idea of taking a step back and engaging with the student where they're at so that I can tell them it's important for you to have math and to know computers, especially if you wanna work on cars these days. So that was one of the most popular days that we had. We saw attendance rates go up. So I'm pretty excited about that you use that term engagement. Well, as I'm, I'm looking out into the world right now, there's, there's a whole new movement around, they call it CX, customer experience it's weird to sort of map that over schools, but I mean, it is that the, the, the student experience matters. And I, I, I would love our listeners to think about this concept while we just mapped it over, over an elementary school. How can you use that same concept mindfully to create an experiential day for yourself? You know, you're an accountant, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, maybe you're a construction worker, maybe there's something that you're interested in, maybe even, I'll, I'll push you one step, or maybe even afraid of, like, I don't know this about the woman who sells clothes at Nordstrom, like, right. would you be willing to take an experience, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's not even a day, and just go down and talk to somebody you've never talked to before and, and open up that human to human connection. That's really what you did in the schools. And unfortunately, we don't get to do that as adults and unless maybe we're looking for a new job and you don't need a new job to be in this place of curiosity, wonder and discovery and willingness to just, just learn. You don't even have to agree with the person, but just learn. 
Well, and that's what YouTube videos are right now, right? So if I need to know how to fix something, I might go to the YouTube video. Uh, we have um, our fire department here. We have a phenomenal volunteer who also worked for the Girl Scouts with me. And so um, Camp Hero is a program that gets girls interested in becoming firefighters. Um, EMS workers or police officers. And so General Mon is the person who then offered it to women to say, okay, so adults out there, come and see what it's like to be a firefighter, to be a police officer. So we have that a little bit in Madison as well, you know, that adult to adult as well. So maybe it's growth. I, my early career, I was uh, in hospitality and tourism. So it was my job to like take people to the zoo and the art museum and all these things. And so when I moved to Denver six years ago, it was just the way I was programmed, like go see and do. So if that's not your program, and this is another way you can be mindful and make a little stress reduction, a little focus time for you or for your family. Mm -hmm. And so it, in the, I go to the YMCA for my yoga classes and, and it's so funny because I'm not shy. I don't know if you in the audience will get that. Uh, and so I am kind of the, the greeter. And so we had a new instructor and so I welcomed her and I said, here's the, here's what you need to know, those kind of things. And we had other students who came in and the, the instructor was like, do you work here? And I said, no, I just, I know what it was like coming into a new yoga class, not knowing the routine, not wanting to put my mat down where it shouldn't be. And so I, I don't do things all right all the time, but I can welcome people like nobody's business. So I love doing that. Well, Lisa, we're so excited you're on the show. We'll be right back after a short break. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. Welcome back to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we are having a fun conversation about creating your life mindfully and creating experiences that allow you to connect to your best self. Lisa, thanks for being on the show. We're going to take a little turn on the show. Love uh, it. We were preparing. We talked a little bit about you are... You're at the confluence of this area of LGBTQ advocacy, and we have the privilege of recording this um, in June, which is kind of the consciousness for LGBTQ. And I've had so many, yeah, I've had so many conversations with people um, that are like, oh, I can't wait for the year when like we don't have to separate this as a special month, but it's just an integration into our our consciousness as a community. So share with us a little bit about your your experience of this as a month and how we can educate ourselves and, and learn because this can be a little bit of a nervous area for people. It can be and what a great question and thanks for being an awesome ally. So you did the first thing right there. You asked the question and so for whether it is within the schools or in the community or whatever it is, um, just ask questions and you know the number one word of advice is if someone does come out to you that's what we say when you know someone finally decides and declares you know whatever their identity is going to be just say thanks 
thanks for telling me. That's number one. So when I start my blog that you've inspired me to start, that's going to be number one, my friend. Um, and so pride in, in Madison, Wisconsin, um, is a lot different than pride would be in Reedsburg, Wisconsin, where I grew up just an hour north. So I'm in this little bubble, you know, kind of like Seattle and Austin and those kind of things. So it's very, very friendly here. And that's the reason my wife and I chose to live here uh, was because of that. Um, and so we, we have a new governor, bless his heart, and he actually raised uh, the rainbow flag over the state capitol. And so it's the first time in history. Uh, we just elected our first out um, mayor. So we have a female mayor in Madison and pride flag is out over city county building and those kind of things. And so it's it's getting that awareness out there and you know listening to the critics. Well, why do they have to have that? And, you know, to be able to say, well, isn't it wonderful that you have 11 months where you don't have to celebrate because whether, and I don't mean to sound like a jerk on this, but whether it's the privilege that you have or um, the community that you're in, you know, you're, you might be safe. Um, my wife and I, we have to look at different communities of where we want to live and is it going to be welcoming to us? Um, and so um, Madison Pride it is not as big as Milwaukee Pride is huge in the state of Wisconsin. Um, we do have something called Fruit Fest, which is, you know, a little place where you can just go down and, and have a good time. Um, and there's a difference between our city of the east side and the west side. So when my wife and I, we now live closer to the west side. So when we go to a restaurant, they'll ask, is this two checks? versus on the east side of Madison, they just assume that we are a couple. So it's still, you know, 2019 and it's okay though, because I think that whether it is a microaggression or not, it helps me to help others feel safe. And again, going back to that safety and, and you're not alone. And again, wanting to, to be an advocate out there and, and to speak on these issues to folks. Because a lot of times it's, oh, Lisa and Angela, you're so fun. And we may be the only gay couple that they know. And it's like, great, if that's what you know about us, fantastic. We will be the fun and we are the Ganties, we're the gay ants. And so that's also fun for us too. Well, yeah, I always like people to take away from the show, like, like a tool that they could mindfully use. And, you know, in this somewhat sensitive, vulnerable conversation and talk for, for others who might be listening, um, you said, you know, one tool that they could use might be to, to ask the question and then obviously follow that up with thank you. Um, it comes to my mind that sometimes I use the tool help me understand. Do you have another, maybe a phrase or a question or something that could be a tool that somebody who's willing to try this might take from this show? Mm -hmm. So help me understand. Fantastic. I actually teach my students that. So you could be a school counselor with your master's degree. Well played, Miss Duckworth. Well played. Um, I think the other thing is um, I know that if you never want to out anyone, and so um, some people, now you look at me and it's like, whoa, 
she doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't wear dresses. Of course she is. Don't forget you have short hair. <laughs> and I have short hair. And so, in fact, I just got called sir, you know, in the grocery store the other day. And then I turned around and then they saw the front. And she was like, oh, I am so sorry. I was like, yes, I'm a woman with short hair. Anyway, back to the story. So, but my wife can pass. Uh, and what that means is you're not sure if she is, you know, gay or not. And so the takeaway would be to never assume. Um, and just, it, and you don't have to say, you know, I have a cousin who's gay or anything like that. Just get to know the person and how you would like me to, whether it is, um, I do this a lot with, um, with names. How do you want me to address you? And it doesn't have to be that formal. And what I mean is, you know, oh, Holly. Okay. So there are different ways to spell Holly. How do you, how do you spell Holly? You know, and just start with that conversation because when it comes down to it, we are all the same, honey, and we have more similarities than we do differences. And, and again, if someone is questioning or they're not sure, you know, just thank them and be like, I'm here. I don't know what that's like for you, but I'm willing to learn. And I've done that with, you know, students who identify as, as Wiccan and it's like, okay, Help me, help me learn about that. Help me understand. So um, for the LGBT community that's out there, um, you know, just, just be kind. And if you don't have a kind word, then just, you know, move along and be nice to other people, I guess. For, for me, two words really continue to come up as, as I do the show and as I'm working on, on books and writing. And, and it's that place of both courage and compassion and when you break down the word courage it's core heart and you know a year ago when we met you were so generous and you came with with courage and and in core heart and compassion you understood that mindfulness advocacy is a, is a challenging thing and as you're stepping more into this lgbtq advocacy that that's that's a courageous thing and and yes we've chosen sensitive topics but if you're listening to the show and your topic is you know, something even less, but equally more important right now. I'm, I may be in advocacy over smoking rights because my apartment, if you follow my Facebook. Kind of I thing. did. Yeah. We each, we each have something that is our unique point of view, our unique work to do. So I, I really hope that listeners will take that. I don't know what that's like for you, but help me learn. And again, there's no judgment in that. There's a mindful presence. Yeah. You can use that, that presence and that wisdom, reflect on it at home, reflect on it in the car, whatever you, you may choose to accept that or not accept that. And this, this show for some people may dial some numbers, but I'd invite you to, to why did it dial numbers? What does it mean for me? How can I, and, and agree or agree to disagree, but that's how our world at the confluence of so much to be healed, you know, black people and purple people and gay people and, you know, immigrants and non-immigrants and all of the stuff that's coming up to be healed right now, we get a chance to sit in the questions and create those new worlds together. And I'm so blessed to have you as a friend and as a guest on the show to, to do this work together. I, I think that that's brilliant. And, and I love the, just the whole encapsulation of what you did right there too. And I think it's the resilience of things too. So, you know, if I surround myself with a community of caring people, which is what I had to do because I grew up in a, in a family that it wasn't an option, um, you know, to be gay. And so I surrounded myself with that village and, and, and again, like you said, 
whatever enumeration or whatever identity you have, you know, we're all, we're all breathing the same air, whether it has smoke in it or not. So how do we all live on this planet together and help those who are resilient and for those who may need some help that have had trauma or whatever it might be, then let's help them. You, you said a word before we started the show and it was, I, I wish I had gotten it. You said, it's mind boggling to me, the blank and the privilege that I have and that, that blank. Do you remember what that was? It was, you know, I mean, obviously some of the, the, the challenges and the, the things that you go through, but yet even in that you, you talk about the privilege and we all have those things that don't fit and the privilege. Right. And it's the challenges. And, you know, and so we'll just take a look at it. And, you know, I am going to deal with the fact that my sister told me that I was gay and, and, and please pass the carrots at Thanksgiving <laughs> versus someone who, you know, I had a student of color who said to me, Miss Kenneke, it's easier pretending to be a boy than it is to be gay. And, you know, the student was living with their grandparent and I do have permission to, to have to talk about this story. And to me, it was like, wow, I, again, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be a person of color to, you know, to not have the means. I mean, again, I grew up middle class. I, I wanted for nothing. Um, however, I still want to, I don't want to preach, but I just want to help um, and, you know, pass on that information to folks. You've set a really awesome intention. The book, Everyday Mindfulness, is all about setting intention. And your intention, I'm summarizing it in that word, expansion. And you told me before the show you want to speak in all 50 states. So if people are in a position where they, they're open to a speaker or a facilitator or a small group conversation around this, where would they go to get information to contact you about this possibility? And tell what? Yeah, thank you. So uh, right now, LinkedIn is going to be my, my platform that I'm working on my branding from. So uh, Lisa Kenneke, K-O-E, N as in Nancy, E-C-K-E. -E. I'm also Lisa from Wisconsin at gmail.com. Still working on my website because I don't really know what I'm going to do yet, but when I get my blog up, then more information to come from there. But um, willing to, yeah, work with staff, work with communities, work with families, LGBT issues, or anything school counseling. That's kind of my kind of my jam. I like that too. Awesome. Well, you referenced the book earlier, the the A to Z of mindfulness, and the you know the L is love and the K is kindness. And you are such a beautiful demonstration of love and kindness expanding in the world. We are honored and it is our privilege to have you on the show and we hope maybe maybe next year we'll grab that student or another one and and bring them into the conversation as well i love it fantastic thank you for what you're doing and spreading this message because it doesn't cost anything to be kind awesome well remember mindful matters and so do you thank you for joining us for today's show for more mindfulness every day visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the abcs of mindfulness Thank you.